0: Well, this may seem a little arrogant, but I'm going to stand up in front of you for a few minutes and just congratulate myself. I I feel like I'm I'm worth it. Uh, I did a little bit of math. I I did some calculations. I'm who are we kidding? I Googled it. I took the date that I I started here and and today, and it turns out that I, this is Sunday number 600 for me. So this is a big. Now hang on now. I'm congratulating myself for all of you. I get this. I mean, that's a long time you've had to put up with me, but but 600 Sundays and and all these years together. Every every time I come up here, I feel more and more blessed because every time I'm up here, I see you and your faces, and I know your lives. And I know your struggles and your victories and the fact that you're here glorifying God means so much. And I love each one of you dearly. And I see some new faces, some people I I haven't seen before or haven't seen in a while. And I want you to know, I'm really glad that you're here. And my prayer is that in another 600 weeks, we can be talking about the same thing. And you could be, boy, I sure wish we could get rid of this guy. But I see some folks... I see uh, Michelle and Lucas, you guys are newlyweds. We are so glad that you're here with us. Just a little over five weeks ago, not 600, it hadn't been that long, but over five weeks ago they were married right here. We're so glad that you've chosen to worship with us. And for all of you, we're we're so glad that we get to come together in the craziness of this world. And we can talk about a God who has done amazing things. Sometimes we find ourselves getting stuck in a rut and we forget what's going on around us. So I want to take a minute and and think about an object that is just always prevalent and we almost forget about it. It's something that we stare at all the time. We lean into it. We sometimes make weird faces at it. We carry them around in purses and we hang them on walls, and we place them in our lockers. We check them in the car, we stand in front of them at the mall, and we dance below them on the floor. We clean them, we adjust them, and we we magnify them. Truth be told, we spend thousands and thousands of hours of our lives just looking into them. What are they? Mirrors all the time. Think about how prevalent they are. At one time, it was just a a cloudy reflection that you would see against a piece of polished metal. But now they are clearly everywhere. They're ubiquitous. Mirrors reflect our society. Just this morning, you used one. You stare at your reverse reflection And you looked back at it it helped you determine what clothes you wear how much mascara to apply and where to put that tiny little contact but the truth is we are constantly looking at them and oftentimes we're just staring right back at ourselves this morning I want to go a different direction, and I want to examine a few statements that Jesus made while he was on the cross. Now, I'm sure you're probably familiar with most of them. There are seven of them, and we don't have the time to go through all of them. But I want to look at them today, but instead, I want to to flip them backwards. I want to turn them around. I want us to see the reverse. Instead of discussing what Jesus said on the cross, I want to imagine what He might have said, what He could have said, and maybe what He should have said. Listen to this. I know what you did to me. So don't pretend that you don't. You erected this object of torture and humiliation. Mixed with my sweat and blood is your spit. In between the excruciating pain, I hear you insult my people and my family, my ethnicity, the color of my skin. You stripped me naked. You hoisted me on this cross of your own sick pleasure. You think that the clothes that you pulled off of my body are more valuable than me. And so now you're looking down, gambling for them. We'll see soon enough. What about you? As you walk by me, you arrogantly assume that I deserve this. That you're better than me and that because I'm up here, I'm just this worthless criminal, a dog, unworthy of your compassion. Enjoy it now laugh all you want but I want you to listen to me I'm coming back and I'm bringing hell with me I never forget a face and the next time you see me you won't have the guts to look up you'll beg and you'll plead and you'll deny but it'll be too late you're going to get exactly what you gave me but one thing is different Your torment will never end. That's what he could have said. That's what he might have said. And possibly it's what he should have said. It's what we would have wanted to say if that had happened to us. But this is what he said. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. mom look up at me i'm so sorry you know i didn't do this you know i don't deserve this right i just want you to hold me one more time i want you to take away the pain will you will you please go find a, a towel or a cloth and and cover me up Call for Nicodemus. Maybe he'll get me down from here. Tell Peter to bring his sword. This isn't right. I shouldn't be here. Mom, help me. That's what he could have said. But instead he says this. Woman, behold thy son. Behold thy mother. He was looking down on the disciple that he loved and his mother and was more concerned about them and their future than his very own. Remember you? Don't, don't pretend that we're the same. You deserve what you're getting. I don't. I created the trees that this wood came from and the ground that this cross is standing in. I'm finally about to go home away from this evil, egotistical, arrogant people who decided to kill the one who made them. And you want me to remember you. Who do you think you are? When you die, no one will remember you. Don't pretend that just because you're next to me in this moment that you will ever be near to me in heaven. It was a criminal. A criminal so audacious to turn to the Creator who was being crucified and said, hey, remember me when you come into your Father's kingdom. Jesus could have shunned him, ridiculed him, humiliated him, put him in his place, reminded him that he belonged to be there. But instead, he says these words, Today you will be with me in paradise. Or how about this one? I think of this one a lot. Of all the things that that Jesus could have said, I, I think this is the one that he should have said it's not over you started a war that you can't win I'm the son of God and the commander of all the legions of angels in heaven just wait I'm coming back and I'm coming back for you and you are going to die in your filthy sins it's about to be payback time. Go ahead, spit one more time. Just wait and see. But instead, he utters these three final words. It is finished. Well, three final words in English. In the Aramaic, it's it's different. He he says this word to Tetelestai. And I, I love this word because it gives us a real understanding of what he was saying when he said it was finished. We hear it is finished and we think he's saying it's finally done. I'm, I'm through with the pain. But what's interesting, if you go back and look at this word, tetelestai, it's actually an accounting term. It's what you might find on the reverse side of a stamp that gets slammed down in an accounting office that says, paid in full. That's what Tetelestai means. It doesn't mean, I'm done with this. It means something completely different. He wasn't saying his pain was over. He said that our punishment was. He made a payment for what they did, and for what you have done. He flipped it around. Each time what he could have said and should have said and what he might have said, he didn't say. Instead, instead of thinking of himself, he thought of us. So let's go back to that mirror one more time. Gracie, can you come up here? I want you to help me out a little bit. For those of you who don't know this is gracie she's a little less than 600 weeks old we we came here and my bride was eight months eight and a half months pregnant with you and and so you've been here about 580 weeks right and so i want to show you this what is this some kind of mirror okay and what do you do why are you so nervous don't be nervous what's what do you do with a mirror You you look at it how does it look does it look good? Yeah. Do you know how you make it look better? Watch this. Are you watching? Hang on. Hold tight. Hold tight. Oh yeah. Now it looks really good, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Right there. Okay. So, what what do we do with mirrors? How do they help us out? Um, what do you do when you stand in front of a mirror? Uh, you, look at you look at yourself. You check your hair. You primp. You make sure everything is great. You smile, right? This is this is what mirrors are for. We we look at them, but but this mirror is a little unique. And I I thought about this because uh, last week I was watching a, a show uh, called Unbroken. Has anybody seen uh, the story of uh, Louis Zamperini? If you haven't, if you have Netflix, go watch. Mike, of course you've seen that. You would you love that. It's a it's a great one uh but let me say this: for those of you who like watching movies that's awesome go get the book because the book while it will take you a little bit longer to get through it adds some details especially about the spiritual struggles that louie had and in the victory he received is really fantastic but at one point uh louis uh, he was in a b-29 bomber holds 11 crew members uh, it, it it just was in terrible shape and it it quit running over the middle of the ocean Uh, ultimately three of the eleven made it into the rafts eight perished when it went down in the sea prior to louis Zamperini, there had been one person who survived the open ocean for 24 days louis and and one more uh, of his um, fellow um, uh, soldiers they ended up lasting 47 days they lost one of his friends his companions at sea but one of the things that they used throughout the show Gracie was they used a mirror but it's not a normal mirror it's a special one it's called a signaling mirror and that's exactly what this is now it's kind of hard to tell from the front but if you look right in the middle you see that the little see there's something there. watch you see my finger you can see there if you turn it around it's clear right in the middle you see how you can see you're leaning back so i'll let you hold this for a second can you can you look and and see somebody okay see if you can see lynn see you see lynn right there Ooh, wow it looks a whole lot better if you flip it around that's for sure but you know oh yeah see see you look right there now here's the thing about a signaling mirror this is what it's for it's not for mascara. It's not for lipstick. It's not for contacts. It's not for staring in the mirror and watching your eyebrows go up and down. What this really is for, it's to turn and focus on other people. And so, what you do here, especially in Louis Zamperini's case, as he's out on this ocean, right, he would try to get the attention of people who were coming by. And so, how you would do this is you would look through that little open spot in the mirror. And you would find the sun, right? And then you would try to triangulate where the sun would come down, shine on your mirror, and then shoot right towards somebody else. So we're aiming right towards the top of Lynn's head so we could just reflect right off of that. And then that would be the hopes that a a plane that is flying by would see that flicker down below and realize that something was worth looking at and this is one of the ways that they tried to be found right is that they would use the signaling mirror right okay so um you're not allowed to to do this to dad when we get home but but don't shine it in my face but go outside use this look through the hole and and get the dog and see if you can't shine that that light and see if he'll go chase the little light that you have showing all around okay can you do that Okay, you hang on to that. No, you're good. You're good. I'll, I'll let you go. I'll let you go. So I want to talk just for a minute about mirrors. I mean, they're everywhere. And we're always using them to look back at ourselves, to focus on ourselves. But what I really want to close out this morning and ask you to think about is what would happen if our whole lives we've been looking at mirrors backwards? What if what if we've had them pointed the wrong direction you see i I think sometimes in our lives we get caught focusing on ourselves what are the things that we want how do we look what do we need are things going well for us what do we deserve but jesus did the cross in effect is a a signaling mirror He could have been on that cross talking about all the ways that in injustice was served all the ways that he was in pain he didn't have to say father forgive them he could have said father go after them but he flipped it around and in doing so he allowed the glory and light and love of God to shine on other people. And so this week, you're going to stand in front of, lean into, stare at mirrors. You're going to walk past them, check into them, adjust them, clean them up a little bit. And every time you do, I want you to think, in my life, am I focusing on me? or am I reflecting the sun where I go? It's what Jesus did on the cross. In the darkest moment in history, when it was so terrible that even the sun would refuse to shine, Jesus still found a way to point to God and remind all of us that the cross wasn't about Him. It was for us and the love that God has for each one of us. And so this week, shine Jesus. Show Jesus. Live for Him. And let us glorify our Father and our Savior. And let us do it this morning as we stand and sing.